Hi guys. Sorry, I'm just uh, trying to make sure that I properly credit someone for the inspiration for the episode title today. Uh, I was I uh, did a tweet last night about, or this morning I think actually about the debate and how the only message that either that was sent being sent there was their bodies of the two people on stage and that the message was we're dying and someone replied with the flesh screams for those who hear it and that stuck in my head and I want to give a shout out to uh, Appnubs for uh, for replying to me with that because it's it's now the only thing I can think of when I think of that night which I'm going to be thinking about a lot because for me let me finish this for a second. For me, it delivered on everything I was hoping it would be. One second. So, I know everyone, and I know I was saying beforehand... There's no way this thing's going to live up to what we want it to be or what I imagine, I guess, what I wanted it to be. And sure enough, of course it couldn't because what are we waiting for? We're waiting for some sort of fracture moment, which will never happen because the system that's embedded in will always normalize it, which is why, as the thing was happening, as these two demented fossils had exactly what everybody said would happen if they ever debated, a confused, random ejaculation of, 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 of stutters and, and ums and uh, placeholders and circular wa uh, wording around nothing because their heads are empty because they're not there they're at the point in most people's lives where the doctors they just give you prescriptions for anything because hey let them have fun with it who cares it doesn't matter if they get addicted or whatever they're not going to run out into traffic they're at that stage they're at the let's have fun stage of drug use for elderly people and they're supposed to be in charge arguing about the presidency and it took me a while obviously to realize it and it didn't come fully to me until after I'd finished watching it but for me anyway this debate was that apocalyptic moment uh, not just in the sense that it has given me now a a memory uh, and, e and a memory that I can even revisit by even watching one minute, one second of the footage that will snap me out of the mental shackles of trying to invest the actions and especially the words of either of these two people and trying to ascribe meaning to them and trying to figure out what the future of this country and this planet and myself and the people I love is based on what they say. There is nothing there. They do not know anything. They don't know where they are. And the reality of that is too terrifying to admit. So even people who were horrified by the whole thing, how many of them, in the aftermath of what we all saw, decide to start arguing about whether or not Donald Trump was issuing a coded message to the Proud Boys to intimidate people at election sites? To which I say, did you just watch the debate? If you watch that, 
I don't know how you can imagine that there is any point to parsing the words that Donald Trump said in it, or Joe Biden. There's no content. It is meaningless. They are syllables. This is Dutch Schultz's last words. There's plenty to be afraid about, obviously, in terms of where we're headed politically, economically, ecologically, whatever you want to, however you want to talk about it. But they, those two men, are not going to be the authors of any of it. They're not going to think up anything and then make it happen. They are front pieces for systems much vaster and more horrifying than either of them could be. Those are going to bring us towards our, if it happens, some sort of apocalypse. But what is more likely is just going to be the slow, continuing, grinding, immiseration of everyone over time. Which is why my main takeaway, if you want me to get horse racy with it from all that, is that Biden's going to win. And handily. Kind of make a joke of the whole thing. Like, win by a surprising amount. Because when you saw that, people talk about, oh, Trump is alpha, or Biden said X or Y, Z. I think that Trump is not out of his desire, not out of his master plan, because he is a figurehead, because he is this figure of psychic energy that so many millions of people put their focus on, either because they hate him or they love him. he, he will, uh, he has created a political culture now that is way overheated. Like, given our decrepit, 300-year-old fucking constitution, and, uh, you know, our non-functioning government and minority rule and all this stuff, uh, the, the checks and the balances, all that beautiful stuff that worked when the government was just a fake little ornament for all the richest dandies who uh, spent too much time in the library and needed some place to hang out while the real men did the work of fucking conquering the continent. Like when that's what when 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 par- Congress was just this parlor game for the wealthiest in the country, where the mass majority of people were either too busy making money or making other people money to give a shit what happened to it or even imagine what was happening there. Uh, now it's supposed to be the actual governing body of a fucking world bestriding colossus at this point, uh, and and and. All of these populations that in the American, uh, the early American era, under the early Constitution, were not even part of the political uh, calculus, like Native Americans, like African Americans, like women, are now part of it. All of that increases the cultural heat. But what's driving the cultural heat is immiseration, is how bad everything is for people day to day, not just the Cheeto-in-Chief and not shit on TV, lived motherfucking experience. It's worse for people than it has been in this country for a very long time, and only gets worse. And so, Trump is this figure who is like, he's the sorcerer's apprentice, rising up these giant gusts of of popular animus, both against him and for him, that cannot be contained by a rickety-ass constitutional system. They are out of proportion. The question is really, are they out of proportion to the crisis in the system? Or does Trump provide a specific enhancer? And I think we're going to find out on election day, obviously. Forget about coup and counter-coup and proud boys at the ballot box. 
I think the most likely thing that's going to happen is the rubber is going to meet the road. And as, many, as, as bad as it is for people in this country, it's still, relative to everyone else in the world, pretty damn good. And now more than ever, we're no, we know that. We know we ha still have something to lose. Even the people among us who are suffering, because you're not suffering as much as somebody waiting to get in this country on the other side of the border fence. Or somebody uh, fucking in a dinghy in the Mediterranean. And so, and of course we have the fact that we've depoliticized half the people to don't not even see a political answer to any of these problems. I think that we're all going to look at ourselves and Trump will be the option of keeping ringing the bell and keep frenzy, this frenzy of urgency. And I think that uh, good enough people are just going to say, no, no, no. We're not, do we really want to, because if, if Trump's president, we're going to eventually have to have a civil war. Like, we're going to have to have one. Forget the material conditions. Trump being president will stoke us beyond everything and we will make that leap into action and violence, and then people will see other people do it and be inspired and join and join, and you actually could have a civil war. But I don't think people want one. Not the people who vote in this country. I don't really think they do. And I think that, sure, you know, obviously, none of this applies to Trump's base, because obviously it doesn't. Saying that point doesn't mean anything. I'm saying for the people who he needs to elect him, I think more are going to be like, yeah, nah, this is not my, I'm not going to get a gun I'm not going to stand in front of a Walmart trying to fend it off from uh, BLM or whatever the fuck. I, I don't want to do that. And Biden is the alternative to that. And that's why I think he's probably going to win and kind of maybe hilariously by a big march. Like, he's at the cuffs now in these pollings of going between, like, a clear electoral win and just a blowout. Now, of course, obviously, polls, polls, anything can happen. But I think that people just, like, ask yourself this question. You feel like we're in the material conditions to have an actual materially based civil war, as in, as in a battle over resources, not ideas, battle over resources in this country when there's still fucking Mountain Dew coming out of the taps. Do you really think that's true? Or is the orange man screaming noises that we're all trying to listen to and make sense of, but are noises, animal noises, hunks, honks, and utterances. It's like we made like a fucking a pig that like wandered into the, uh, the the distillery shed and like ate some fermented pop pumpkins and is now shit faced and is wandering around the fucking uh, backyard. And you all decide that he's a, he's a learned pig and you're gonna gather around him and listen to his oinkings and try to figure out what he's saying. And then he's gonna be in charge and what he says is in charge. That's where we are with Trump. I think people are gonna say uh, no, nah. Yeah. Let's just turn it down. This thing suck and it's bad and fucking corona and all that, but do I do I want to get shot? No. And but this comes to the real like revelation point I had after after this whole hap this whole thing happened is like when I say I think Trump Biden's going to win based on the debate, it's not based on anything that was said by either of them. And there's no point in parsing anything they say. That's That was my great revelation, is that I don't have to, and I'm going to try not to, and you guys can yell at me if I don't, I will try not to talk anymore in public, or even as little as I can to myself in my own internal fucking monologue, about uh, Trump's statements, about Biden's statements, about 
what they mean, about what he's signaling, about... Nope. The stakes are still high in saying, saying that doesn't mean don't care about the election. Of course care about the election. The stakes are very high. I just said, we keep Trump in here, we could push past the precipice just because of how hyper-saturated with politics every fabric of culture became becomes under him. It could happen. I'm betting, though, that there's still enough uh, elastic, there's still enough resistance in the band before the snapback in terms of material conditions in this country where you're never more than 300 fucking uh, feet from a Taco Bell or you can get in a car to get one and as much as there's still misery in this country, the most deeply abject misery in this country is felt by people who aren't involved in any of this and don't vote and don't aren't even aware of this bullshit. I'm sure shit aren't listening to the fucking president to hear the coded messages to his army of, of Nazis or whatever the fuck. So, if you want to do horse race stuff, you can look at polls, and you can just take a temperature, temperature check of where you think the material conditions are. You don't have to care about any of this. And you can be entertained by it, but you cannot try to pull meaning out of it. And, I've, I, and there is a distinction there, because the moment that really, what got me there is that I did, in fact, do a lot of drugs for, I'll fair, fair cop it right now, for the... Um, for the debate, because it did seem like this, like this thing coming together. These two guys. It's so symbolically freighted that I'm like, okay, I have to know what this is, and it has to mean something to me. I have to get meaning out of this because if my life, which has been organized around things like this, having meaning, like my professional life, and before that, my 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 spiritual life, I guess you would call it, before I really knew I even had one, like my attempt to grasp towards politics. Uh, And I got it because what I found myself doing in the middle of the debate was being caught between the, the, the totalized moment of these guys yelling at each other and Chris Wallace piping in from the sidelines and just having overwhelmed me the sense of like how, 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 how hilariously fraudulent the entire terms of this are. Like This was an Emperor's No Trolls moment of, oh yeah, these guys aren't in charge of anything. These guys don't run shit. And so what does it fucking matter what they say? Uh, and that was smashing against my need to, like, deliver commentary and, like, respond. And that would get me connected to, like, fact-checker brain and, like, trying to put these in rhetorical sense. And, like, well, who said that and who's going to benefit from that and imagining what Joe Sixpack thinks of it, even though I don't know who the fuck that is and it's just me? That those two things couldn't be contained in the same moment. Or I tried to. I, I held them in my head as long as I could during the course of the debate. And then afterwards, I just had to sit with myself and be like, okay, you can't hold those two thoughts together as much as you think you can. You cannot keep them together because you will lose the deeper realization. Because I could find my, I could feel myself getting pulled towards forensic dis, di, uh, dissection of this shit, like trying to fucking uh, uh, do an autopsy on a turd. And I said, no, no, no. Oh, that's just going to make this worse because you find yourself this anxious point waiting to try to figure out what's being said because you can never know. You can't know. Oh, uh, he was signaling to the Proud Boys. They're going to show up and kill everyone on Election Day. How will you know that until it happens or not? You will have no way of knowing. You are just done. You're, done. You're shifting through the fucking chicken guts to try to, to auger out a fucking uh, uh, auspice. 
And I realized as soon as I saw people talking about, uh, well, did uh, does he signal to the Proud Boys? I don't know. I think he was uh, being mistaken. And that was actually two different questions. It's like, that's Q. That thinking is QAnon thinking, even if it's coming from people who are politically sophisticated and fact-based and reasonable. And on the left, like the actual like serious left, not even the liberal left, uh, that's Q thinking. That's what the Q people do, and that's what we're all going to do, all the politically-minded people do, as politics detaches farther and farther away from material conditions and becomes more and more a spectacle that we have to invest with, uh, we will all turn into Q. If we keep our mind on these in, these things having semantic weight, these specific terms and words and phrases having meaning that we have to decipher instead of there being just a totalizing reality. Because that's what Q people... Q people are in that same box. Like, they recognize the sham, you know? Like, they don't understand the terms of it. They think it's satanic pedophiles or something instead of capitalists. But they understand the terms that this country that they think they live in is a nightmare, and someone is making that way. Someone in, with power. Like, they do recognize that there's power there. They just don't know where the power is because of, uh, they're fucking Americans and they're getting all their shit from the fucking shit tube. But they're also, from that realization, trying to get to truth through discrete decoding of the words of people like Donald Trump. And so that's how you get them saying like, oh, uh, everyone's, all the pedophiles are going to get executed uh, in March 15th because look at the three letters that he uh, misspelled, three words he misspelled in this tweet and how it spells out that date or whatever. That's the same thing. It's not as diluted, but it is on a continuum of abstraction towards just self-destroying hysteria to go through his phrases going through the sentences he said. Did any of them complete a sentence in that? Did anyone actually have a noun or fucking verb uh, and like in the right order? In, in, a, in a fucking thing? Like subject, object, period, period, big letter at the front, period at the end? Did any of them have a complete sentence in the entire event? There can be no meaning drawn from those things. And that means we are no... That means we have to disengage from it as as at this point because we're not really powerful and we're all waiting for election day basically we're treating it as uh, an auspice we're treating it as a as like the, the the musings of like the oracle of Delphi after they got her hopped up on mushrooms we're, we're trying to hear the future but we can't know it from that we can't know we can't know the future we can only know what's around us and the people we love, the world we want to see, and how we can try to make, use all the things around us to make that happen. So if you want to watch the debate, I'm going to keep watching the debates. I'm going to keep talking about this election. But I'm going to make a concerted effort to, to remove it entirely from any kind of uh, context of uh, political meaning. It is entirely aesthetic. Aesthetic appreciation, because I'm sorry, people who are into politics aren't only into politics because they care about people, not like those guys who like sports. There's an aesthetic appreciation of politics just as much as they're in for sports. And so, if we can isolate it and use it in that way, then we can engage with it. But if we take if we take this these fucking gibberish and we try to 
just rearrange the letters into coherence that is just being provided by our own neuroses because it's just a reflection of what we're thinking. It's not really there. And we're not coordinating with anybody. We're not checking our work against one another. We're all making independent uh, judgments and then bashing each other's against one another. So yeah, I was very pleased with it afterwards. I mean, uh, I tweeted right afterwards as a joke. I said it on the stream. I said, the real winners of tonight's debate were the American people because of how hilariously wrong that was. But um, as you see people really freaking out after that debate, being like, oh my God, oh my God, and hyperventilating, one way or the other, uh, I think it really was good for, uh, the winner really was the American people. Just because, I'm not going to say it's going to be you know some, uh, some wake-up moment for a lot of people, but it was for me, in, just in the sense that it took something I knew, but only intellectually, and now made me feel it, which is all real knowledge is. It's not reciting, it's not having a dry axiom. It is experiencing that in your life, and then associating it with specific feelings, contexts, memories, that can then keep you there. They can, when you find yourself straying, bring it back. And that is what that uh, debate did for me. Uh, and if you were, if you had eyes to see, it did it for you too. I'm not saying, but I, of course, was in a very specific situation to be in that way. I cheated. I cheated. I did a bunch of drugs. Uh, and that, because I'm a cheater, because I'm a bounder, because I'm Lausch, because I'm a fucking, I'm a Nietzsche's last man. I'm a fucking small-souled bug creature over here. Of course I cheated. That's one of the reasons that drugs, psychedelic drugs are so dangerous uh, sort of like your long-term mental health uh, is because what they essentially do in terms of your body, in terms of your like body chemistry, is they put you in a super advanced state of meditative focus. The kind that can be usually only attained by incredibly, incredibly, incredibly determined pursuit. And it just pops you there oh, like within half an hour of taking it problem with that is is that that deep meditative state that deep sensory awareness that perception of everything around you that happens at a deep deep level of concentration where you start noticing the porousness of all these like perceived uh distinctions and and the and you truly feel the imminence you know god's grace if you want to be christian about it or just the just that hum, the universal hum of the of the thing that you're all always been a part of and you're going to return to and you're not even not part of now and it's all an illusion. You feel that. Now, if you feel that in a state of, that you, uh, if you get that from intense concentration, which has uh, been achieved through di discipline, you're in a position to do something useful with that feeling. You are sitting probably on a mountaintop somewhere in a situation, maybe monastic, or some sort of pursuit of you know uh, your personal study, it has integrated your life. It has made you live a life that has a, enough space in it for you to dedicate that much time to being alone and sitting and thinking and, and and controlling your surroundings. Which means when you get that insight, you can imprint it on the world as it is. If you get that deep meditative state overnight like that. Without the discipline, as, uh, as Dr. Ian Malcolm said, the discipline necessary to attain it, then you have that perception surrounded by what? 
what got you there? What got you to that moment? It wasn't fucking rigorous pursuit of anything. It was flight from the. It was flight from truth. And so, what are you seeing now with that deep meditative fixation of uh, of sense? You're seeing these screaming goblins in front of you. That's dangerous. But it can be good too, if you can recognize the goblins for what they are, and not decide that the symbolic abstraction thing, and 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 have that be adhered to to that sense, that feeling of oneness that get, that really does transmit knowledge. Because now instead of learning, oh yeah, this is a puppet show, you're learning, no, the puppets are talking to me. I'm the only one who knows what they're really saying. Uh, so... All in all, a good debate. Had a fun time. Looking forward to the next ones. Uh, I think that Pence and Harris is going to be hilarious because there's going to be a ton of pressure to make that one normal. To reassure people of normality. And uh, it'll be funny to see how that plays out. I will say that uh, people are mad at Nancy Pelosi for saying that thing about how we need, we need a good Republican Party. And you know what? From her perspective, she's 100% correct. She's not saying anything wrong. What she's saying is that because we do not have two parties, right, fighting over power, we have two branches of a broader capitalist party whose conflicts are stage-managed to avoid discussions of deeper structural issues, we cannot afford to have wild, uh, 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 unstable uh, polarization whereby people won't accept the division of government like the, the seesawing back and forth turnismo as they used to call it in, uh, in 19th century Spain that allows the pressures the social pressures to relieve oh all these democrats are pretty mad well we'll get a democrat in the white house and they won't be mad anymore all these republicans are pretty mad don't worry we'll get a democrat in there that's, that's, the, that's what keeps the, the, the lungs moving the lungs of democracy moving and Trump is threatening that. He's legitimately threatening that. He is raising the stakes emotionally for politics in a way that our system uh, does not want, which is why I think that push comes to shove, he's going to go. And go quietly, because he's a fucking pussy. You think he has the guts to tell the beautiful generals what to do if they tell him they're not going to fucking support him? Give me a break. I'm not even, like, fuck that. Like, fucking Mitch McConnell probably wouldn't even fucking say boo to but again, the answers to these things are not to be found in discussions of the statements of any of these gibbering escapees from a rest home. I'm sorry, guys. This is, it's magic hour back here, but it makes it hard to hard to coach. This is all right. So, so I hope now it'll be very interesting for me to try to watch these debates with this in mind like with this focusing agent in mind that will allow me to avoid the temptation to turn myself into Q by trying to pull meaning out of that shit Ah, 
And the beauty of this is, is that even if it wasn't, even if watching that debate wasn't like revelatory to you, if you listen to what I'm saying or you hear somebody else say a similar thing and it makes sense to you, hopefully that memory connected to the debate, like the reality of that debate and the memory of watching it can provide at least a, a fraction of what it can, that is provided for me in terms of what I hope to be a practice of avoiding going down this fucking rabbit hole because all it does is lead me farther from knowing what I'm talking about because it's all bullshit it's all conjecture wondering what someone else is going to do who isn't you which you can't know it's none of its structure it's all rhetoric remember we're not talking about we're talking about ooh, what is what are these words going to lead to other people doing that's not at the level here that we need to be talking about Man, the sun is really pursuing me across this place here. All right, that's not too bad. So I don't know what anyone else's experience was, but for me, very, very, uh, very good. And I'm very much looking forward to watching these, the rest of these debates through that lens and using my memory of the first one to pull myself out of, uh, out of the spiral. Because it really does, more than anything, just make it harder. For, like, for me, my job, I do, I do care about, like, being right, you know? Because I care about conveying things that are helpful, both you know, in terms of entertainment, but also if it's going to be practical in any way, not wrong. And every time I find myself getting into these discussions, I've noticed, and this, like, thinking back on it, I noticed even more. Even as it was happening, I was feeling the anxiety build up, but I wasn't really acknowledging or understanding where it was coming from. It was because as I was trying to build up around these specific questions, I would keep bumping up against this uh, insecurity in my understanding because it was based on nothing. I was just guessing. I was guessing what other people were going to do. And all I can do but to do that is say, well, what if I was somebody else? Well, how would I have imagined that? Uh, what would that make me do? You can't ask that question. How can you ever ask that question? That's why you have to materially analyze things. And, and I just never, it didn't occur to me how deeply that implications of that run. Because the implications of that really are that you, you can't think about what these guys are saying. Along, about what it means. About what people are going to take from it. Because you can't know what people are going to take from this. And so I, find my, I would find myself getting agitated and, and, and like starting to wonder, well, maybe I'm not good at this. Maybe I'm be doing a bad job. Maybe I'm hurting people by giving them bad advice. Because I don't even know. And it's because... I'm, I'm Wile E. Coyote running off the cliff with my fucking legs blasting around, not recognizing that the goddamn ground is gone.
not that it's not that these guys' words don't have meaning. Like Trump's Trump's stoking of like resistance. He's going to get keep people killed. One million percent. He is going to get people killed. Obviously, he's already gotten people killed. He will get more people killed. When I say he will, I mean in the sense of yes, somebody will hear what he says, and yes, he will use that as excuse to go do violence. Hundred percent. I think that will happen. But when I imagine that, that's just because I still have to imagine someone else. But the question I can't answer is how many. How many boils down to demographic questions. How many people are in X position to have Y response when they get Z stimuli in the form of Trump's speeches? And without that information, I cannot move forward. And maybe that information is available, but I think more realistically for me, just cut it off. Get rid of it. Throw it in the garbage. Aesthetically appreciate it, maybe, but remove the, the, the flush. Remove the flush of, uh, of consequence. Make it into a game and not war. Like, material stuff should be war, always. And at war, you are sharpest, you know, but but if you're war in the clouds, you will you'll go mad. So, while it's horrible to imagine violence happening because of these awful words of this awful man, we have to ask ourselves, what can we do about it? We can vote, and if you, that, if that means, seems consequential to you, for the love of God, do it. But beyond that, all we can really do is help the people around us. And see what those connections lead to. Where our abilities, skills, passions, uses can be applied. We can't know that from looking at the chicken guts and, and trying to see the flight of the fucking... Uh, Ravens over the fucking uh, forum. Uh, someone's uh, first episode of season four, four Fargo sucked. Gotta say, agree. Uh, not not looking forward to this season, boy. Uh, I will say that, um, in fairness. I don't think the last season started terribly strong, but I do think the second half of the third season of Fargo is the best the show ever was, IMO, in the first three seasons. It just ended so great. Uh, so maybe they'll bring it around. But the first two episodes were uh, were a little dire. And it's not because, oh, they're finally addressing race. It's the way they do it. The way they do it is the way everybody does it. So it's boring. There's nothing unique to it. There's nothing interesting to it. And that's because clearly Noah Hawley didn't care about this stuff. And it's now being imposed by an expectation culturally. And now he's doing something he doesn't really believe in, I think. Because it just feels so hollow. And uh, that means, should there be a show about a mob war? But uh, involving like a... a, a a black uh, gang family that like involves you know the deep questions of America's racial history and hierarchy and like what whiteness is and all that stuff and how that to, to, like relates to the Midwestern identity. Very interesting questions. Clearly, though, he's not the guy to ask them.
because it's not inter- not because he couldn't in some abstract sense like he doesn't have the talent to it's clearly not what interests him it's not what got him into the project but that and that's why we get worse art as things get more like woke but the wokeness isn't what makes it bad it's because instead of a lot a thousand flowers blooming like different creators of different uh uh, experiences and lived identities being able to create in an open marketplace well that's not what we have that's not what our culture is and that's not how media is created media is concentrated by firms capitalist nodes that sit as gatekeepers and like all capital uh, nodes is just a fucking piled high with uh, accumulated and passed down wealth from the first generations of people to p- take power there and hold it i.e. white people so when the cultural sh- winds move in the direction of wanting to see voices, wanting to see alternatives and, and, and the whole color of life, instead of getting experiences from people of all those colors of life, inflecting this uh, art, we get the same old fucking suits and the same old cottier of professionals with maybe a trickling in of diversity hires and affirmative action cases in order to like assuage everybody's conscience and feel less guilty about themselves, they're going to tell those stories even though they don't speak to anyone with a creative spirit involved in the productions at all. It's purely compelled from without. It doesn't come from within. It doesn't come from those other perspectives that are supposed to be viewed. Because when we're watching Marvel movies, we're not really watching representation. Like, yes, Ryan Coogler is black, you know? But uh, the Marvel machinery that made Black Panther is not black in any meaningful cultural sense. And, 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 and Ryan Coogler's specific blackness, or the writer's specific blackness, or uh, Frank Ocean's specific blackness, they cannot overcome the corporate swill. Get, they get their, their genuine uh, passion for it, which is real, is diluted because they're cogs in a giant machine and so everything all the culture gets worse and it gets more inclusive and more cynically inclusive and people say see that and say ah it's the inclusion that makes this bad no it's not the inclusion that makes it bad it's the way that the inclusion is being infused into this capitalist edifice through compelled cynical utilization which is a greater sign of just capital accumulation strangling art more broadly because the stuff that the anti-woke uh, uh, people hate or love in culture, like guys being dudes and, and, and exploding cars and ownage and all that shit that I also dearly, dearly love, if that stuff is pursued in this context of maximal bottom line and maximal capital uh, concentration at the top and the need for like PG-13 as to be the, the sort of collective understood uh, uh, goal uh, rating for every movie that's that has a, more than a few like dollars of pocket change committed to the budget of from a major studio, that's gonna suck too, man. That would suck ass. It would just suck in a way that would be harder for those guys to notice. But. And 
I'm not saying that people aren't going to be moved by something like Black Panther. That's how bad it is. That's how deeply entrenched racism is at all levels of culture and how little representation, real representation, any minority sees in this fucking uh, eye of Sauron of like whiteness and printing on everything. Of course, you see like anything looks like uh, the fucking a crack of light through, a sh- uh, through the doorway looks like the fucking sunrise. And no one, I don't begrudge anybody that. I'm just talking about the general trend of everything getting worse and then being things being indulged in by the stutes as a way to get some people on board more than they would otherwise. You're alienating some, but you're getting others on board. And the and the and the the market equation is in the long run, demographically, hey, who are we gonna make more money with catering to? The rising diverse young people of America or uh, white incels? who make up like the preponderance of the cultural conversation online about media. Where are you putting your money as a capitalist edifice? This is a no-brainer. That just means that preponderantly we're going to see worse woke stuff, but as things are worse and worse for people, it's going to look more consequential to people seeking anything else to mean anything than the fucking bullshit awfulness of their lives. Thank you for the hair. Thank you. The haircut. I did it myself. I gotta say, I'm very. At the beginning of quarantine, I was. And I think I said it on a early, couple early streams. I was like 50 50, uh, at least already at that point, that I was gonna shave my head at some point. Which I think is the guy's version of quarantine bangs. And I was like, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna buzz this remnant, this forlorn hope here. Uh, but I, I always assumed I'd get drunk and do it one night. But, you know, I stopped drinking so much more than anything, really. And I realized I never got to that point. And I'm glad. I feel like uh, it means I never really hit bottom. Even if things looked a little shaky from time to time. Or at least my bottom was higher than shaving my head. I guess it just means I'm blessed more than anything. I do have a square head, kind of, right? I'm a square head. Pretty much. One time Amber found a picture from Ellis Island online of a guy in, like, a Bavarian dude in Lederhosen who would, who would come in, like, the late 1800s uh, through Ellis Island. And, she's, and he was uncanny. He looked exactly like me. It was one of those Nick Cage time traveler. <laughs> <laughs> memes I, I, I gotta find it and post it sometime again she had it on uh, Twitter once but of course her account's been nuked for a long time maybe she has the I'll find it somewhere I don't know if I can google Matthew Crispin Bavarian Oaf and find it oh yeah I get to finally uh, give my uh, long awaited opinion on the gyro cake Somebody uh, posted a, in the chat a Euro cake that I gl- clicked on, and it brought me to what looked like just three euros stacked on top of one another, basically, that presumably you cut 
into slices and eat instead of just wrapping around, I found it underwhelming. Someone asked if good morning Sunday morning was QAnon code to the left. You know, no, but give it a few years. Like, Nancy stays in power. Stay. Like, Biden gets in there and, you know, we get the lid, lid on a little bit and we kick the can down the road a little bit more because that's just what we're doing. We're just pushing crises past the horizon. We're, and that's all it's going to be. That's literally what capitalism is. It's from crisis to crisis. It's, there's no long-term plan. There can't be just a value form annihilating all meaning and, and all life. Things are going to be bad enough that the Democratic voters are going to get more so ensorcelled that they're going to have the same reverence and like fixated opinion on and analyzing of everything that one of their leaders does. So yeah, like when 95-year-old Nancy Pelosi is still uh, Speaker of the House, when it, which has been like relocated to Bangor, Maine, because the entire eastern seaboard south of uh, Baltimore is gone, uh, she'll, they will be scrying her words for meaning, the way that uh, the Q people do for Trump. Good morning. Sunday morning. I love that so much. Why? 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 What? Okay. She's still a mystery to me. Because, you know, it, it, all those people are, it's all gerontocracy. It's all just people losing their marbles. And then, of course, there's Bernie, who people point out is just as old. But have you ever noticed that he's completely with it? And you know why? Because he's grounded. Because, unlike those psychos, he knows he's going to die. And he wants it to mean something. And that's why he's not lost in, in, in anywhere but himself. Because in himself, is can't, he can't bear it. He cannot bear to be himself. If you're, if you're Donald Trump or you're Joseph Biden, you can't bear to be yourself. Because you've spent your entire lives focusing yourself completely and totally around acquisition. Built around an individual ego and the maintenance of, and, 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 and uh, reification of that into a world. Power global power that is at your fingertips and you've destroyed countless lives to do it on purpose but it's going to end and even if you have convinced yourself you're immortal and that you don't think about death that's just because you've crammed it so far down that it's driving you insane it's driving you insane and that's what and that's what's pushing obviously like you know uh, bodily entropy does a lot to, to it but there's something also driving it there's something also pushing the fucking uh, Play-Doh through the the tube that, like, you know, the grate to make it, give it a different shape. And that is this this flee, fl this flight away from the reality of their mortality. Bernie, on the other hand, he doesn't have the ghosts that they do. He is not wreathed by uh, by like the the scores of uh, you know the scores of victims. At least not as many, of course, obviously. You know, he's a, he's a senator, he ran for president, he's got blood on his hands the way anybody in power does, but he truly, I believe, 
did those in a pursuit of a greater goal. And I think that is what keeps him now. That's what keeps him here. That's what keeps him on point. Because he doesn't have to flee from the moment where he's dying. He can stay in the moment because, yeah, he's dying. So, I got stuff to do. And neither Biden or Trump can be in the moment because the moment is death. The moment is decrepitude. The moment is confusion, fear, dimming, bodily failure, and the terror that cannot be felt because it is everything. It was totalizing. It's death itself because it's right there. Nancy, and I feel like, because I'm a guy, I think, I get Trump and Biden's specific, senile, like, flight from uh, from the moment of mortality. But Pelosi, because I think she's a woman, and, you know, there's certain experiences that aren't known from one or the other of those divides. Uh, she ends up going, good morning. Sunday morning. <laughs> but it's the same thing, I think. It's the same phenomenon. But, um, yeah, because, you know, we all think of the, the real horror of life is the knowledge that we're going to die someday, and that's not really it. It's the fact that we, once again, have two things that are true that we're trying to hold in our heads simultaneously. The one thing we're, trying, we're keeping in our head that we think is true is the culturally imposed idea that we're going to die someday in the future, which I believe is sitting on top of a deeper biological understanding that we all already died. Everyone has already died. This has all happened before. It will all happen again. This universe that we're in has winked out of existence countless times. You have already... Your gravestone has both dates on it. All of ours do. Eternal recurrence, baby. And the thing is, if you know that, if you have that in the background, the way that when you watch a debate, you have the knowledge that this doesn't have any syntactic meaning to it in the background, living becomes much easier. And, you know, it's like you're on Flight 93 and it's going into the fucking uh, the field. Like, there's no thing that ends with anything other than the fucking plane crashing and you dying. The only thing that matters is, are you at the chair bashing your head in terror against the glass, screaming, your mind annihilated with a fear that you can't even comprehend? Or are you the, the actual Flight 93 itself? Are you aware? Are you able to connect emotion and intellectual belief in symbolic order in such a way to believe the fundamental truth that you're not fucking separated from anything and that there's nothing to lose there is no such thing as death. But that's very hard to keep in mind when you live in this world that insists to you every moment of the day in every interaction you have, that strips you of your species being, whips it from you, tears it from you like your skin off your fucking body, like your flayed man of House Bolton, and replaces it with this, no, you're going to die someday. You're going to end this is going to be over. Which flees you, which, which leads you in the terrible Skinner box where all you're really doing is fleeing from, fleeing from the 
towards desire and away from uh, 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 towards pain and away from pleasure or towards pleasure and away from pain which means you do not have any independence you are literally an automat you are a, you're a mechanical symbol monkey and we all are ruled by that to an extent I mean we do know we're here we do know that when we end they're not getting any more of this we know that that's true but the degree to which that matters is the degree to which we can live connected to that other knowledge. And guys like Trump and guys like Biden have spent their entire life banging their heads with a fucking ladle to keep them on the path of acquisition of power and respect and money and their dad's head pats or whatever they think heaven is instead of knowing that it's right there always in any moment. We're always right there. Grace is there. The hand is there. You can fall. You'll never land. You will always be held as you're falling. And that's the realization that, can, that, robs, that robs the questions of our life, what to do with the time we do have, of their mystifying bedevilments, things that make us make wrong decisions, uh, emotions clouding us, memories of previous events that are going to guide us in an event that doesn't need that, that can be answered in the moment. But that's overwhelmed. And the task of building a sane and humane society is building one where that, that knowledge can be accessible to more people. Because the more accessible it is, the more people will not need to be governed by an external authority like the market and fucking value form lording over us as like an actual Moloch uh, death god. It will be because we have stripped our days of the need to pile up and not be in the moment where everything is. Because, you know, we know for a fact that like when you cry, it's not because you feel sad. You feel sad after you cry. Like, we know that for a fact because of the delay of signal. It's inevitable. It's a quantum question. So we aren't actually in charge of any of this. Like, we don't, we can't operate from that perspective because we have to live. But it's true. And if we're aware of that truth, it makes it easier to act. In That is, do what you should be doing. And not try to bang against that destiny. Because you can move one foot in front of the from your other as long as you're looking down but if you're looking everywhere else you're going to fucking wander off into the wilderness Someone's saying, tell everyone else how to live. That's the thing. I'm not telling anybody else how to live. The whole point of all of this is telling you that I can't tell you how to live. That you have to know how to live. We all have to figure it out ourselves. And right now, the only thing that makes sense to me to do with whatever I find myself with in possession of the, of the moment. This, this, this platform, this career laughably called such, this skill set developed in the pursuit of those things. What do I do with them? And right now, this is what makes sense to do with them. And I have to trust that 
if that feels like it's not true anymore, that I can divorce myself from the need to acquire the moment, the need to dis, uh, to distort my vision of what's in front of me by the fear of lacking something in the future. Uh, and then you can fucking act, as in act according to where you should do, what, what should be happening, the, the way, the golden path that's always there. So I'm not telling anybody how to live for the love of God. The only thing I ever say is what boils down to the same thing every time I say about it and everything I said today about the fucking election all boils down to the same dumb two words log off and I know hypocrite of hypocrites I'm doing this I know I know but you could not tell when you say log off you can't just smugly say that's it because that is asking people to essentially withdraw go through withdrawal system withdrawal symptoms of I can't even imagine the monstrosity of which I haven't been able to cut off the internet and I tell myself it's just because of my job but I also find an allure there I also find find this this, this sinful uh, uh, dump of, of, of emotional energy I find that, that, that tantalizing and so I engage from that perspective and I, like I try to swing myself so I, that's why it always ends up having to be turned into these longer diatribes coming at it from different angles to make up one great big banal truth that is the whole sum of like the uh, uh, praxis of this fucking show log off what that means to you what you can take what steps you can realistically take as opposed to no I'm gonna fucking I'm gonna get DTs for the next five months out of some uh how would I even be able to sustain the faith to keep going with that kind of hardship? You'd never be able to do it. I know I wouldn't be. I know I wouldn't be. That's all I can say. Like you, the faith, the faith that's there has to be uh, in some way rewarded, or else the, the horrors of the world will overwhelm your defenses and will take you out of the moment. And uh, everything else is entertainment, like I said. So there's one big thing you get out of a thing like the debate, and it's there's no meaning here. There's one, but then there's the the aesthetic enjoyment of watching it play out and making fun of it and stuff like that. Drained of meaning. Same thing. Drained of rather. Uh, drained of not drained of meaning if you you know take it, but drained of um, import. It's play instead of war, like I'm saying. The war is log off. Just like the war of the election was stop listening to these people. Everything else is entertainment. And if you find it entertaining, and I think it's I think it's probably better than yelling at people on Twitter for an hour. Watching this I think is better than yelling on Twitter for an hour. I will I will flatter myself to say that. And if you're gonna do that instead of that, I mean I know that that's self rational that's rationalizing to me. It's rationalizing to people who do it. But those sort of reward uh, uh, negotiations with oneself are what give you the leeway to find, oh, this isn't as bad as I thought it would be. Oh, look, I'm rewarded in this way with this, instead of just having this giant void that has to be filled immediately, when you don't know how to do that yet. You can work your way towards it, as we all do, weaning ourselves off. Alright, did that make sense, guys? 
I like kind of. Someone said kind of. Okay, I think that's what I usually end up. I mean, that's what I'm aiming for. Perfect, perfect understanding is impossible. Total gibberish. I wouldn't like that either. That's self-indulgent. Kinda right in the middle. That's what I should always be shooting for. Because if I don't, if I shoot for perfect, I'm going to turn into gibberish. And if I just shoot for, uh, you know legibility over anything, it, it robs it of any content. So I'm going to end up uh, out kicking my coverage on some concepts. Someone says, uh, see uh, Mike's 13 Assassins. I highly recommend that movie. That was a really good uh, recommendation for that person. Strong pick. I have never had Carvel in my life. I lived briefly in uh, Long Island, and I still never had Carvel. It just never appealed to me. I've never been a... It's not that I don't like ice cream cake. If you give me an ice cream cake, hell yeah, I'm going to eat it, but I never crave it. I'm not going to get my own ice cream cake. That would be crazy. I would be a different person if I bought my own ice cream cake. Does logging off mean to stop watching Kush vlogs eventually? Probably, yeah. I would say yes. When that comes, that's an individual decision. Just like mine will end, will end at some point with me stopping doing them. Like, that's inevitable too. And we have to accept that. Like, yeah, oh, this already happened. This already ended. And hopefully it ended because... Hopefully it ended because, oh, we don't need it anymore, and not because, oh, he tried to crack the universe and, uh, you know, ended up running nude down the Atlantic, uh, uh, um, running nude down Atlantic Avenue. Uh, or just, like, tried to ignore the voice in my head trying to get things across and just indulge myself and try to attract myself and just end up keeling over uh, after, like, an Arby's gorge. I would not like it to end that way. I would like it to end on my own terms in the sense that I I don't need to make these anymore because some, I have something else in my life that fills that spot. And I have to just trust that if I earnestly and with good faith address the day, I will know it when it comes. Does anyone know the score in Azerbaijan, uh, Armenia? Anyone know who's up on that one? What's the spread, by the way? All right. I think that was about an hour. Sometimes they really fly. Well... Talk to you guys hopefully soon. We'll see. Uh, and can't wait for the next debate, honestly. It's going to be a real uh, experiment, seeing how I, uh, I get around to dealing with just letting it wash over me completely. Just letting it all wash over me so that it's just noises. And then I can just distinguish the noises by amusement to me. Bye, guys.